Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. I'm afraid I've got bad news, mate. Cool. I, I've replaced you as co-host of the podcast. Hey, mate, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not exactly the reaction I was hoping for. Um, I'm sitting in here with your temporary replacement, Paul Wallace, Supercars London fame. Ever heard of him? Well, that'll go well, I'm sure. You'll get, you'll get four views. <laughs> <laughs> how's, uh, how's life back home? Are you working hard? No. I'm working hard, yeah. Have you seen Tony work? I'm on the way to Woken. Are you buying a McLaren? No, a Porsche. Oh, good man. Well, of course. Good man. Well, anything to say to the lovely audience? Because they'll miss you this week. Oh, I'm on on the telly. Oh, all right. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought you were just ringing me at CLRs. No, no. no. Why would I do that? (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything to say, I miss you all and uh, look forward to seeing you all the way back. All right, pal. Stay safe. We'll speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was his work voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's got your number saved. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> like Gravelwood. I was like, Tony, it's Sam. We speak every week. Um, but yes, hello, everyone. Welcome to, well, I was going to say Monaco. Mm. It's a stretch. It is. I mean, even Seb Delaney's house is a stretch. Yes, Seb doesn't actually live in Monaco, even though we've said for years, oh, we're off to Monaco to see Seb. Yeah. He actually lives in the south of France, just outside Monaco. <laughs> uh, and that's where you find Paul and I, because yes, this week's episode, uh, it, well, Paul is replacing Tony, essentially. Oh, uh, how excited! <laughs> permanently? No, definitely not. Don't get excited. Uh, if you've been listening to the, the podcast this year, you know we have uh, introduced a new series called Car Park Chat, mm. where Paul joins Tony and I uh, each month for sort of a random episode of this pointless conversation. It is literally our WhatsApp group recorded. Literally that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, for this month's episode of Car Park Chat, well, Tony couldn't be here. <laughs> but fair enough, because he, as he said, is, is working hard. Um, mm, attempting appa- to. Apparently we're not. Apparently we're yeah. just like living it up, having a holiday in the south of France. We're also here working hard because it's the build-up to the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm. We're both on different sort of road trips, doing different things, but here at the same time. Yep. Sort of plan. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're staying, we're both staying up in Ez for the first time. Which is a beautiful part of the French Riviera. I absolutely adore it here. I obviously knew of Ez, mm. like we've driven through it plenty of yeah. times, but hadn't stayed here, found an amazing Airbnb that, that we booked for, a, well, we're here for a huge chunk of time. You're only here for a few weeks, right? I'm here for, I think in total, including the travel days, eight days. Okay, fine. Okay, so you're not here for, we're here for like two and a half yeah. months. So you've right? moved in. I've literally moved in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an exciting time. 
and today is actually the first day of amazing weather that we've oh. had. So we don't really want to be sitting inside doing this <laughs> no, This has been torturous because for the first four days that both you and I were here, it was raining, it was miserable. I was getting messages from the UK saying it was 20 degrees, blue sky. I was thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> this was the wrong choice. Yeah. And now we've got blue sky and sunshine and we've decided to organise all of the podcasts on this day. <laughs> uh, and Paul says all of the podcasts because we are also recording today uh, a latest episode of After Checkered Flag, our F1 special series here in the hills above Monaco as the well, the trucks for the teams yeah. are arriving and unloading into the pit garages. The track has been resurfaced. We have some gossip. We have some on the street gossip yeah we do so, uh, actually yeah. <laughs> if you're interested in hearing that episode you can go and watch it over on recast.tv forward slash behind the glass where all of the video versions of after checker flag get uploaded uh if you want to just listen to it well hold tight it's coming to you in a few days time on all the usual podcast players but look we're here not to necessarily do a car park chat episode because no. i think they are reserved for when tony's here to talk absolute crap yeah <laughs> we're basically here to do a car news episode because since tony and i did a proper up-to-date live recording so much has happened i know it's been like insane tw twitter has been on fire twitter has been on fire so yeah i'm saving my kind of uh rundown of my rock morocco adventure my time in portugal all that kind of stuff to when i catch up with tony and we talk about what we've been doing the last few weeks paul is here to yeah get into the calm news because what well, has this all been kicking off <laughs> um, first i want to dive into a car that i'm super excited about which literally launched like uh, two, three days ago at the Villa d'Este Concours d'Elegance. <laughs> I can never pronounce it. Uh, no, I can, never, I can never pronounce it. I've never been. <laughs> Give it a go. Yeah? Concours d'Elegance. Concours d'Elegance. Yeah, Concours d'Elegance. So yeah. why is... That sounds French. It is French. But it's, it's in a, Italy. Well, the Concours d'Elegance, I'd be like the Grand Prix. Uh, uh, just, okay. I, I'd be, has its origins in France. Right, or, okay. Or someone just went, sounds fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than car show, they went, yeah. let's go with Concours d'Elegance. Um, and so, yeah, they happen all over the world. You get Con like, uh, Pebble Beach, Concours d'Elegance. Oh, okay. okay. I, thought that, I thought that the Lake Homo was its own entity. Villa d'Este. I, I think... That's the location, right? That's the location. Yeah. So, you're right. I, I think they're trying to build out into a bit of a mini car week mm. because there's now quite a few events there was the furio concorso which i think happened there was porsche doing a celebration of the 75th anniversary there was like a lot of little pop-up events in and around the villa d'este concorde elegance right okay but that's the thing which i think has been well documented on social media for quite a few years yeah you often see these wild like one-off classics or or you know manufacturers like rolls royce they launched that was it the boat tail there that they did the sweat oh. sweat tail the thing that Jay-Z and Beyonce reportedly bought, even the though it's been seen million. in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On Dubai hey, plates. Maybe they have a Dubai property. <laughs> yeah, 12 million euro. Yeah, okay. So, so it's kind of like the uh, premium Geneva Motor Show. If you know, do you yeah, know what I mean? No, I think it's, I think it's Pebble Beach in Europe. So right, it's, okay, it's got a yeah. classier vibe. Like yeah, everyone there's yeah, dressed yeah. in like linen and like they've all got like 15 generations they you, can trace back. Well, I would. <laughs> if you are watching. Sadly, sadly I couldn't make is, it. Uh, yeah, is this a smart casual podcast? <laughs> I'm wearing a lovely linen shirt for Hello Ralph Lauren if you want one. Click the link below. There is no link below. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have fitted in. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But um, it's, it's one of those events that I've always thought actually looks amazing the setting is fantastic the cars are always wild as i say like one-off classics that you didn't really even know existed until you've seen them or like proper race cars and then these kind of mad concepts or new cars whatever it might be but i also wonder whether if you would go you're a bit like i feel like an outsider here oh yeah do you know what i mean like I it's do. so so them and yeah, maybe hey look yeah i'm gonna put my hands up maybe i am them like like, like i definitely am not because <laughs> <laughs> i knew a lot of people that went yeah, and okay, wearing a yeah, shirt, yeah. so you but, fit in a little bit better than i would i and um, like if me and tony went well if tony went yeah. definitely because he's talking going shit 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 to these priceless classics <laughs> i would love to think that it's super open and exclusive but that's why i haven't gone ever before because i worry fit, you feel a bit clicky uh, maybe mm. but i haven't been so i don't want to make yeah. that complete assessment but it's it's why i haven't rushed there but it's also nice to have those 
judgments for those judgments to then get torn up yes. and have an amazing experience. Agree. Because I do think it's one of those places, especially if the sun is shining, which I'm pretty sure from all of the photos this year, it did not. It was not. Um, and over the years, you have seen these amazing cars get revealed and, and they all drive in kind of. It's not like uh, the manufacturers are protective or, or co- like they always want to show that these cars are moving and... That, I think, is the coolest thing, to see them coming through those narrow little streets around Lake Como. But I can also imagine, like with social media in general, that you're seeing the best bits of the whole thing. So I wonder what goes on for the 99% of what you don't see on Twitter and Instagram. I I bet it's amazing. I I bet it's fantastic. But I just think, you know, depending on how you go, who you're attending with, what experience you have, I think there could be a bit like you can't come past this rope, sir. Yeah, yeah, but I think if you could yeah. go past the rope, you'd probably go, this is the best event in the world. Because I say, <laughs> yeah. the setting is amazing. It's Italy. Everyone's fancy. The people look amazing. Everyone's dressed their best and the cars are fantastic. And then in and amongst that, this year, with the rain, you have this BMW <laughs> Z4 Touring. We finally get onto it. Yeah. Oh my God. So this came out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected this. I think BMW are a partner of the event. But in and amongst BMW XMs, i7s, you know, this kind of design language from Bindo that everyone's like, oh, this is a bit iffy. Like, I actually have to say I'm really into it. Like, yeah, okay. You really are? Contro- yeah, really controversial. That but is I actually, controversial. I love everything BMW is doing right now. <laughs> I actually love the XM. I'm just going to come out and say it. You can beat me up. Yeah. I don't care. You've got a few screws loose. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, just, I just really love the BMW. I even like the Do IX. Do you know what, though? I think the XM in particular specs is fairly demonic and will have like this almost military utilitarian road presence but i did see and i haven't shown you this photo like a tanzanite blue with chrome everywhere silver wheels i was like what the hell is that so i think it's an incredibly spec dependent car like a lot of bmws that have been launched recently but it's the complete contrast where BMW have gone with the M3, M4 grills, which has been a huge talking point over the years. You've got this new M2, which I still can't get my head around the design of it. But there isn't any sort of fluidity like there is with Audi or Mercedes, where they've gone a little bit too far, where a lot of cars kind of blend into one. Is it an E-Class, a C-Class, an S-Class? We have no idea. No clue. So it's kind of nice that BMW are going dramatic the other end of the spectrum, but this touring coupe touring is it? z4 touring okay there's no work coupe in it Let's have a look. i kind of thought that there was maybe on but maybe it's the bmw oh, the concept touring, touring coupe. coupe there we go touring i thought that I, coupe well done yeah but i love the new shape z4 in general it's a beautiful looking car I, yeah in that satin gray mm-hmm. which is what i drove when i did the media drive down in the south of spain i loved it it was so much fun especially because when you're driving under the sunshine like we've got today like it would have been a wicked car on some of these mountain roads often overlooked i think the z4 for sure for sure because i think the z4 kind of falls under that audi tt category of like is it a sports car is it a kind of like show-off car the audi tt historically was called a hairdresser's car as we know has definitely grown up and become a baby r8 now which is a load of fun the z4 i think is a wicked a wicked tool for uh, sort of tight twisty roads and this thing just looks it looks beautiful and everyone loves a shooting break Can yeah I swear? no <laughs> that's all right we'll give ben some work to do ben ben you better catch that one um, uh, shout out to ben the editor um but anyway uh yeah this thing i so important to say it is a concept at this stage as far as we know there are no plans to build it mm. but i think based on the reaction bmw would be insane not to at least release a limited run or the thing is it's so different it's it's more of a hark back to old bmw design language rather than current Mm. design language but i think that's ace and it's like bravo them obviously we used to have the the red the uh clown shoe sorry yeah z3 coupe m coupe yeah yeah so it's kind of mixing together all of these gloriousness but still with some modern design elements they say that they're putting in a three liter straight six so it's supposed to have a juicy-ish engine i mean it's everything you want on paper you're like yes make this and whilst you think okay this is probably them just testing the water like is there is there demand and then they'll go and build it yeah there have been so many amazing concepts that actually never see the light of day yeah and i also think with how bmw love to price their cars 
that even if they did go and make this car, you're seeing a lot of excitement around uh, this general concept. And I think we'd be quite naive to think that it probably will come with a, a two, three hundred thousand pound plus price tag. So like, okay, cool, go and build it. But who's going to buy this? Yes, literally <laughs> ridiculous. It's kind of like, I see it as a potential, if they were to actually put it into production, would it be the new Z8 in 20 years time? Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So a bit like, what was the the CSL 3.0 homage thing they created, yeah. which was then like yeah. nearly a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. like, and everyone was like, what? <laughs> and you're right. Maybe this was like testing the water for the diehard. And maybe this is the direction BMW are going in as they push towards EV or, 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 or alternative fuel solutions. The way they're going to keep that kind of combustion engine side mm. of things is with homage cars or, or, or historic cars. And this was maybe BMW's designers being like, guys, you're giving us a little crap. Like, on you. by the way, we still know what we're doing. Like, but this is the direction we've been told to go in. This is the new era. Don't worry, we can still make this amazing stuff. And for a price, yeah. you can still have yeah. it. <laughs> I can I, see it happening. Yeah, I think we can see it more and more. Like, hey, look, your beloved Lambo have already been doing it. We saw it with the Countach. Oh, they've been doing it for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an amazing story about the Centenario, by the oh, way. Please. I think it was at Pebble Beach. They basically did a private viewing on that car to try and gauge the demand. So this is where I see BMW going with this, especially at Villa Deste, where there are going to be some incredibly high net worth individuals. There'll be a lot of people approaching the BMW representatives there going, I will pay a lot of money for this car. Yeah. How do I buy this? Exactly. Lamborghini did it in Pebble Beach. Don't know whether we can hear The that. microphones wouldn't have picked that up, but it sounds like someone's <laughs> dying outside Paul's hotel room door right now. Cool. <laughs> coughing their guts um, And they basically wanted to gauge the interest. So they ended up, I think they took about 45 deposits or letters of intent to purchase the car. So they went and built 20. Like, cause they knew that they'd sell them out. Sure. So I wonder if BMW have gone to the sort of discerning connoisseur. Hey, look, here's what we can do. It's an art back to how we used to build cars. Forget all of the EV stuff. They get 15, 25 letters of intent. They go, okay, we'll build 10. I, I genuinely think that might be it because they probably were shocked by how, <clears throat> how quickly and how well they sold that CSL homage car yeah. at that price point. I went, holy crap, yeah, yeah. there's something in this. What, <laughs> like, what else can we yeah. celebrate? And, and for sure, like, hey, look, I would love it if suddenly at the end of the year or next year, BMW come out and say, hey, remember that concept? We're bringing it out. It's a, look, like, it's still going to be expensive, but like yeah. it's 65 or 70 grand, big run. Like, you can, really? I would love it if they did that. I'd probably buy it if it was that price. No, you wouldn't. Don't know, <laughs> I like the Z4. <laughs> it is a mega big kit and bravo BMW for surprising us all because I think it's it's very difficult in this day and age of social media to do a truly yeah. a big break like that at an event with a physical car not an online digital launch and then the car a few days later it's very hard for them to do that it was a bit like Aston Martin with that Victor that one-off um, creation yeah. and that was a true like covers off wow moment so from that point of view I love it and yeah I think any enthusiast was like, hell yeah, that thing is just... You're telling me if that car didn't come out at 70 grand, you wouldn't buy one. You know, I would put a deposit <laughs> <Yeah>. down immediately. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on because it's not the only kind of cool, quirky car that sort of theoretically launched. I say theoretically because, well, that's a concept. And the next car is sort of a concept. It was the... And I have to write, read this name. Alpine A290... Beta. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, yeah. No, beta. We're quirky. Yeah. We're cool. We have LEDs and we put a little beta sign from the Latin <laughs> alphabet in there. Whoa. <laughs> Is that um, the world? Did they call that the world's first EV hot hatch? I think that's whether that's they said it or others did. Mm, um, I've got was, a feeling they said it. Okay. So yeah. yeah, this is theoretically, so Alpine diversifying from just the A110 yeah. and taking Renault products and, and hotting them up. Mm. This is the forthcoming Renault 5 EV, yeah. which I think when it launched, we all went sick. Yeah, yeah. Looks Have amazing. you seen that in the flesh? I haven't seen it in the flesh. Oh yeah, it's on Mega. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, just from photos alone, I was like, I'm mega yeah, cool. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that was already a great looking product and they've just kind of gone insane on it yeah. and, and given it old school Alpine treatment. Mm. And it, it exactly like we were just talking about with BMW, I think this is the, this is the way that brands are going to move forward. They're just going to exploit heritage and history and visuals and a sense of feeling even if the under 
the body experience is maybe not doesn't live up to the kind of exterior or but or maybe idea. it will maybe, maybe it, it will. will it's hard to know with this thing because it had a central driving position mm-hmm. kind of mad <laughs> loads of stuff like, like i think i had like a full roll cage like like <laughs> i had like loads of elements that are like that doesn't look like a production car yeah and i don't think they claimed that it was no it was like a preview of like what we will what, do what we can build yeah because so I remember the email that I got from Alpine. I'm pretty sure I can divulge this. This is the start of their diversification, right? So there are more cars uh, coming to the production or product line of Alpine. And I think it's firstly incredibly exciting. Super cool. I've driven almost every variant of the A110. And other than the fact I don't like how it looks... When you are inside that car, it is one of, if not the best sub £100,000 new car that you can buy. It is so much fun. You can drive it flat everywhere and not break the speed limit. And it is just... Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can definitely break the speed limit. But if the straights are long you, enough. You can get much more enjoyment you, about exactly, that car can, on a public road than many cars that are a lot more powerful, a lot more expensive. That's exactly it. So when you then look at them building it up, <laughs> flat out and helping yeah. with, still look at 60 guys. Plan your right foot and it will never go over 70. <laughs> the, um, the hot hatch excited me. I couldn't make the date, so I couldn't actually see it in the flesh. But the moment that I heard Alpine are doing a hot hatch, I was like, oh, they're going to start blowing the German guys out of the water. But just in general, EV hot hatch, I am so here for. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like if there's ever a vehicle that would suit an electric powertrain, hey, a hot hatch is right there. Instant torque, loads of grip, you know, short wheelbase, yeah. low center of gravity, like just go, done. Like, like It should be light. So technically you'll be able to get half decent range because you know when you start planting your right foot, you are going to just exert the battery. So you... You, you hope that they're putting in a big enough battery that it means that you'll be able to go up the mountain and then back down yeah. before you need to charge it. <laughs> but it's like the uh, Abarth 500E, which I'm yeah. super excited. Everyone's like, I have to be honest, the fact they've put that weird speaker that emits a sort of false exhaust yeah. noise did kind of ruin it. But I like everything else about mm. it, except that, yeah, I think its range is like 150, 180 miles. Yeah. Which, you know, what I say, once you start driving fruitily, yeah, will literally not so good. In, in disappear. But I think the Alpine thing is super fascinating, right? Because we haven't really seen, and I, th- I feel like Tony and I spoke about this. We haven't seen a lot from them since the A110. No. But obviously in Formula One, they're making a big push. I went to the launch of their, well, their season launch. They were talking about the road cars and the big push in that direction. And this is supposed to be one of Renault's big sub-brands that, you know, really is focused on the enthusiast driver, uh, uh, you know, replacing essentially RS. It's yeah. got a big job to do mm. and it's quite an exciting you know, brand, I think, but they're creating a new identity to people that don't follow F1, don't know about the history of Alpine from rallying, from endurance racing. So yeah, they got a big challenge, but that was an exciting and wacky launch that looked like it was more from a, what's the movie? Is it Tron? What was the, it was a really intense launch. A bit like iRobot maybe. Yeah, like just like, there was like a lot of LEDs and madness and dark lights and Gasly wearing a nondescript helmet. And it was like, what is going on? You can see that they're putting a lot of effort and money behind the launches and everything that they're doing. I think Alpine are like, there's nothing that they're doing by half measures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're waiting, which is the right way to do it as well, because I think it would be very easy for a new brand to try and rush to build uh, a customer base and an, an allegiance. Um, and I think the other company that you could pr- somewhat compare it to, in some instances being a new performance-driven brand, is Cupra. Sure. Because, I mean, yes, they're using the parts bin from VW and Seat, but they're still that performance and luxury derivative of Seat. Are you and, Seat or Seat? I say Seat. Seat. Okay. Seat. I don't uh, know. Not Spanish. Hola. Mono no summer. No Carry So I've seen Cooper obviously throw a bunch of car models out and they are doing some really exciting stuff. They're not quite as, as sports and performance based as Alpine, but you can see Alpine a lot slower behind the scenes and bringing the cars out that I think you're saying like this beta car is quite kind of like, here's what we can do. I reckon they'll go as as close to actually building what we saw into production for people to buy. Which would be amazing. And I think super exciting and one that, as I say, like 
yeah, I think I think the EV hot hatch market is not something that we should shy away from as as car enth- driving enthusiasts. I think I think it could be a really a good place for us to go oh, yeah. uh, and make that switch whilst you know, you're waiting for the more traditional uh, enthusiast brands to figure out what an EV sports car looks like. Because I think that's a very, I think that's a harder job. I think yeah. for not, I'm not even talking about Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, that lot. I'm talking more about, yeah, Audi, BMW, well, Jaguar, we know, moving in a dif- different direction. Maserati, they're obviously kind of stepping quite far forward with that, with the new Gran Turismo and stuff. But I think that's a harder thing to do. So yeah, EV hot hatch, I'm just, I'm just sitting around. Like if that launches anything like it did. Well, if you, if you imagine something like uh, a Tesla Model 3 performance, those numbers in a car that's that much smaller, potentially got a similar range, but more focused on the driving dynamics so that you can actually enjoy pushing on. Because the Tesla actually as a performance car is pretty useless you're going to have a wicked, wicked experience. You've just rumbled the comments so much. Oh, is that, there a lot of Tesla fans? Line. I don't think there are, but the one or two that are here oh, yeah. will call their friends. <laughs> well, and, uh, get in the comments, guys. <laughs> I'll happily argue with all of you. <laughs> I mean, at least our engagement's going to go through the roof. Come at us, Tesla people. Uh, anyway, so yeah, let's let's watch that space for, for Alpine. I think super exciting for, for what they might be doing. Um, but moving on. Moving on. Because. Swiftly. The beloved. Go on. Porsche. Also unveiled a new car in recent weeks. Did they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say recent weeks, quite a long time ago now, but I've been in Morocco, I've been in Portugal, Tony was in Spain, then he went home, like, I haven't done one of these for a while. <laughs> okay. We pre-recorded a lot of episodes. <laughs> the Spider RS. Oh! The Spider RS. My new favourite car. Really? Well. By the way, can I, sorry, just interrupt very quickly. Go on. Those of you watching here on YouTube, I will tell Paul to buy some new socks at the end of this because they were at one point white and they are now black. And I'm sure some of you have noticed I'm going to have a little comment to uh, this hotel that I'm staying in because I've walked around. These were fresh on today. <laughs> well, the floors are filthy yeah. then. <laughs> I have been outside yeah. uh, walking around. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so Spider-Eyes, genuinely your favourite car? So Porsche is a brand that for a long time... I disliked on my channel. When I was car spotting, I saw all of the Porsches and they were the car that kind of I could throw away because all I wanted to see were the really loud Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And then I started to experience them a little bit more from the passenger seat and then the driver's seat. So I started to learn to love the brand and the product that they build. And I've had this itch for a long time and you and Tony have told me, don't don't even bother scratching it because it is not a car for you. Yeah, I still want a GT4 with a PDK gearbox. I still want to experience a 991.2 GT3 as an owner. And so (laughs) I actually contacted Porsche Mayfair when I first saw this GT4 RS Spider launch. As in, like, drive around the Nürburgring and stuff. Okay, sorry, okay, This fine. is a so, few yeah. months ago, so the moment I first The saw, first spy shots of the Spider RS. I contacted them and said, how do I get one of these? <laughs> I've never bought a Porsche before. <laughs> but my name's Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this will be an amazing car, because I have specced up a few boxes of spiders, Fair. as you know. Yeah. And to me, with a straight pipe, that will be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and I basically got told... I'm not going to be in the position to buy one because I've never been a Porsche customer. So then I kind of put it to the back of my mind until it launched. And I then got really frustrated that I hadn't bought 14 Macans, yeah. two Panameras, <laughs> hadn't played the game. three Cayennes. Tony, so that, Tony was like, you still don't qualify, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a little bit disappointed at how they, what spec they launched it in. But it's the traditional box to spec don't care really yeah how would you wanted them different to to the gt4 rs okay as in it's the spider it's more of a lifestyle car naturally the gt4 rs is going to be like that you're not going to see that many uh spider spider rs spider rs is the name okay i don't think you're going to see them hooning around the nurburgring like you are the gt4 rs sure therefore why not go a more lifestyle approach and go down and launch it in like a really cool, I don't know, like a caramel oh, or a, oh. like an old- Have we switched brains? Do you know what? <laughs> no, no, I'm so not, hey, I am with you. Like it a caramel need, spider doesn't, RS. doesn't need to be like a track spec. Okay, yes, I know it's a hardcore box to spider, 
but are you really going to buy that car for track days? No. So this is the really interesting thing because I basically agree with you completely. Like, I think everything you're saying is right, but... If Porsche were here sitting with us on the sofa, and I'm trying, I'm gonna have to bring it up here. Oh, yeah, get, it, get them up on Zoom. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. No, no. <laughs> I want to talk to them. One second, let me call Porsche. <laughs> um, I think they'd be saying, but it's an RS. I don't care. And fair, but let's come back to that in a second. Because I I think, uh, I just want to check the actual launch spec of- I saw one yesterday. The launch spec of the 4RS was definitely identical. Was it not this? Was it not the, the crayon? Like the initial launch photos, was it- because I don't think you're right. I think the 4RS launch photos, it was a different spec to the announced or revealed. Let's go. Revealed. Oh, good if I could type with one hand. <laughs> you think, think I've never used a laptop before. Um, yeah, look, it was, oh, it was this. It was, it was that spec with the dark sort of crayon-y grey. Uh, is it Arctic grey? I mean, it's worrying that you know Porsche colour better than I do. Told you, and I'm a the fan. Blue, yeah, the blue wheels. Like, so... It's not the same spec. Got, the, okay, the so Spider the, RS spec is, is more of like a it's, silver. It's a historic Boxster spec. It's the silver with the red interior. Oh, I'll tell you what sure. I saw yesterday. Going completely not completely off topic. I saw that anniversary Boxster spider. Oh my god, I love that thing. with the gold wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw one cruising I around adore Monaco. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sam would like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a pile of. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen two sport classics. I've been like throwing money at them as they Here. drive past. Yeah, two sport classics oh, in seen. the launch spec, which I'm like <laughs> boring. Yeah. Um, I have, if I'd, I'd saw, I saw a, what do they call that? Boxster anniversary, whatever they did. Yeah, yeah. At the Eurotunnel when I was leaving for one of my uh, trips and okay. I was like, hello. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, I think the is- Spider RS, the silver wheels, it's a silver, I don't know if it's GT silver or what the silver paint is, but then the red details are supposed to hark back to, because this is the last ever Boxster. Yes. It's the final level. So that was the point. So, but I get what right, you're saying. Yeah. Throw a bit of colour in there. Yeah, it's a bit, a different interior. A bit boring. But then, as I say, they would say, oh no, but it's an RS. Now, what I find amazing and exciting and fascinating about this is GT4 and Spider uh, essentially identical for the 718 generation. Yep. Basically identical cars. And my argument was, well, you just have the manual Spider, the PDK GT4, but they're both brilliant, different horses, different courses. For the RS variant, they have dialed the suspension back on the Spider ever so slightly. Okay, there you go. Done. You want yeah. the car, don't you? Yeah. Because the 4RS, as Tony and I have discussed many times, it's too much for yeah. the public road. Yes, it's an RS. So it's a yes, lifestyle car. 
Well, well, it's a it's an it's RS still minus. Gonna be, yeah, like, they say it bridges the gap between the spider and the <laughs> yeah, yeah, GT4 yeah. RS. Oh, and don't forget the spider. The spider is a GT4, so it's somewhere in between a four and a four RS. Yes, so it's still going to be firm as hell. Yeah, but I just like that they've kind of realized that. Yeah, as you say, this isn't a car that's going to spend all its time on the track. It will go on track mm-hmm. for sure. It's yeah, an yeah, RS yeah. product. Yeah, but it's going to kind of be more of an ultimate. I hope road car. Yeah. Okay, fine. You still can't get a manual gearbox, but again, hashtag RS. Yeah. So I immediately love this more than the 4RS. Oh yeah, me too. Immediately. And I've always loved that spider. I think it looks amazing. And I think like this, because the problem with the 4RS, as I said in my review video, in my mind, is it's not an 11. So when you're Mm. seeing them on the used market, 250 grand, like 100 grand over list. People going nuts. The allocation, oh, I've got a 4 the best driver's car in the world. But it's not an 11, yeah, is it? Like, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Whilst the Spider sits so alone, it's a baby Carrera GT, it's a baby yeah, 918. Yeah. As you say, you can pop the roof down, just delete the roof entirely. Yeah. Like, and just, that is a car for a Sunday blast. But it's still gonna ask crazy overs. Oh my God, insane, because they'll build less of them. Usually, usually yeah. they make less yeah. spiders than coupes or, or, you know, GT4 I did try spiders. and buy a Boxster Spider, actually. I did try and buy a PDK Boxster Spider, and apparently the, the Porsche Mayfair dealership had one allocation every year, okay. and they were gone for, like, the whole production. Like, yeah. There was no way that you were going to get one. In the UK, at least, they tend to build less, yeah, less of the spiders. But, yeah, I... I it really excites me because I think when you're in that, you're not trying to compete with a GT3 mm-hmm. or a GT3 RS or even a 911. It's its own standalone thing that you can go out and enjoy. Where a 4RS is amazing, I'm sure, on track. And if you're just tracking the hell out of it, go for it. But on a Sunday morning, I, I have a friend in America who's got one coming and we were having this conversation. He's like, I'm a bit nervous after watching your video and listening to you chat about it. And I said everything that I'm just saying now. He goes, yeah, but I am a lunatic. And like the thought of it being that, I got really excited. And I'm like, well, then go you. Yeah. The fact that you want to wake up on a Sunday morning and literally have everything rattle <laughs> out of your skull and just be like, ah! The whole, and then get home like, <gasps> like, I love that. I was there 10 years ago. I, I've moved past it. Yeah. For me, Spider RS is like all day. I would jump in one right now and be so happy. It's, it's a car that I remember talking to you about when we went in your GT3 and you said it just wants to be driven hard everywhere. I think you have to do that in the 4RS, whereas I reckon in that, not that you will want to do it because it is a car built for the tight twisty roads, but I think if you wanted to do Nice to Monaco, you could take it on like a nice sort of curvy road and not necessarily need to be in the ultimate sport plus track traction off all of the time you could just kind of leisurely cruise across with the roof down and be like hey how cool is this i'm driving the ultimate box star and then arrive and be like okay now it's time to go <laughs> the the problem being that engine and that gear yeah, yeah yeah I which know, is yeah. Copied, is so highly strong yeah and so just like ah like, like literally because of the gearing because of where all the power sits you just are forever in the top end yeah, yeah. and you have to be and uh, but you know bravo and and look i know a lot of people who own forests and just absolutely adore them and think and i can use it all the time what are you on about it's pretty like but i stand true to my experience and that was that it's it's not i i, I would have the gt4 over the 4rs but i'd have this spider rs over all of them yeah the question is if it comes out and it's 250 grand or 275 grand because they're harder to come by. Just go and buy this anniversary one. A four litre yeah. GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, go lovely buy, car. Go and buy a bloody speedster. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> literally that money. So, uh, yeah, quite insane. But but I I have already emailed Porsche saying, when can I drive it? Uh, okay. I I am desperate to have a go. Well, let me go. know because I'm coming with you. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't invited, but sure. <laughs> um, anyway, so from uh, beloved Porsche, we move on to McLaren. Oh, go, go have, Brits. Well, people have been desperate for us to discuss, as in Tony and I, the 750S. Okay, do you want me to uh, try and embody? No. Okay. I've, I've been waiting to talk about it with someone that's not Tony, because I know what to, I, I just, I could sit, and I'm not sitting here, someone who's drunk the McLaren Kool-Aid. I'm not going to just be like, oh, it's amazing. Like, guys, don't give them such a hard time. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be upfront. But I also just didn't want Tony to do his usual thing of going, crap, yeah, crap, crap, okay, and yeah. just rip it apart. Yeah. So. You want a little bit more intellect. Not sure you're going to find it with me. No, nor from me. <laughs> So yeah, 750S yes. has launched as the replacement of the 720S 
theoretically the current flagship supercar from McLaren. After when was when was seven twenty twenty seventeen seventeen because we drove to six Rome year, six years a week. Uh, yeah, it will literally be six, it's literally six years to the month. So I would say potentially a long overdue uh, midlife cycle or what? replacement. One hundred percent because twelve C to six fifty S, six fifty S to seven twenty S, twelve to two thousand. Was it three years? They, I feel like it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. They the pumped out a good three models in about four years time. But that was as well, that was McLaren back then, like where they were almost superseding every car that they launched every year. And it was impossible to keep up with. And we were like, what's going so on? Here, this is insane. Here we are now with a, a six year mid life cycle. And I think McLaren are purposefully slowing down because it was almost like uh, unsustainable. Well, there's a lot of questions as to how do we end up here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because on the face of it, yeah. it is just that, a very light facelift. Very light. It, the car looks borderline identical. Yeah. To the non-enthusiast, it's going to be really hard to explain Especially why a, it's a in different a, car. in a dark grey or a black. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, like, basically, forget it. it's a painted front bumper. Like, yeah. You've got to really start to, I mean, 540C and 570S, I bought a million yeah. people. It's just, look at the side sales. Yeah. Look at the side... This is going to be just as hard. Like, this is why I just spent 300 grand on a 750S. Yeah. And then essentially everything else is kind of borrowed from 765LT or just an advancement and improvement of what was already there. So I think McLaren made a bit of a misstep in the kind of build up and hype of here's a whole new car. Like, I guess what else do they do? Mm. But they probably should have somehow softened that a bit with we've got the six, this sorry, seven twenty S facelift coming or the updated seven twenty. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I think for about a day before, you thought, oh, maybe, 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 maybe they've been working on something unbelievable. We're gonna have yeah. a hybrid V eight replacement. That oh my god, this is so exciting! And then it was like, oh no, is is that us as as humans and petrol heads seeing other manufacturers um, uh, allow our brains to get excited about what? potentially could the 750S be? As in, like, we've seen the 296. I feel like McLaren are the one manufacturer that have visibly shown how affected they've been by COVID. Other manufacturers have kind of got on with it, other than having delayed production and obviously having delays on new cars and stuff. And yes, we had the F8 Tributo, which was a little bit of a stopgap between what the 488 and then the 296 was supposed to be. But I feel like with McLaren and the Artura, they launched that car at the worst possible time and then just got hit with delay, delay, delay. They've obviously had a lot of internal restructures too, which has meant that the car then got pulled back and now they're slowly starting to release to customers. I reckon this 750S has been ready for two years, but I just don't think they could align their product launches correctly. And I, and I think they wanted to get the Artura right before they then launched the 750S. Otherwise, they'd fall back into the sort of expectation or the reality of, are oh, like McLaren still trying to like fluff their way through. Here's a product launch. And then two weeks later, there's another product launch. So I reckon like the 750S has definitely been in the wings waiting to be launched for quite some time. They just wanted to get the Artura right first so that then they could move on to the next one and do a proper launch for it. The problem is they hyped this launch and then they go, here it is. And we're all like, what's, what's that? Like, well, and also after six years, I mean, you say, yes, it's been sitting in the they haven't had to have done very much. I say nothing on it, as far as I've read, is revolutionary. It's it's borrowed parts. It's small improvements. It's not all new hybrid tech. It's not all new carbon type. Which is what the 650S was to the 12C. The 650S Absolutely. literally was a front bumper. 100%. And a remap. Yeah. <laughs> but, but a new name, a new ideology, like all these different things, a new direction theoretically, visually. Like it, 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 it felt like a newer car, even though under the skin it wasn't so mm. much. It was two years, not yeah, six. Yes, yeah. And, and this is the thing, I think, look, McLaren have been able to l um, rely, no, lean into the fact that the 720S, let's face it, was so ahead of its time. Yeah. It was a, and McLaren have always been amazing at introducing kind of revolutionary cars, cars that are steps above or ahead of their competitors and people have then had to catch up or, or release their next generation. Um, Artura could have been that if it had snuck out, I think just before a few cars that 
have ended up launching yeah. in the few yeah. years they've been having issues. But that's the thing. So 720S has felt as up to date, as quick, as modern, as everything you would ever want until about 18 months ago, I think. Yeah. When we started to get 296, even like Hurricane Technica, obviously 296, oh, I said 296. <laughs> yeah, MC20, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. a, a lot of cars that have started to come through that maybe started to make things, okay, 720S probably needs a bit of an update now. And it could, I, I don't know, like, I just, to me, it screams a bit like, so now do we wait another six years until we no, get there? Yeah, so I wonder whether I wonder whether this is kind of a stopgap to something that they're working on for their super series that's a lit because so I have a little bit of intel from oh. McLaren Monaco. Please. Um and I asked how the 750S has gone down because it's a really interesting proposition, right? If you put yourself in the shoes of someone that's looking to spend three hundred grand or whatever on, on a supercar you only have to look at the 720S and depreciation. It's kind of settled at around, what, 150, 160 for a good car. Who's going to go into a McLaren dealership and spend 300 on a car that looks identical, knowing where it's literally the evidence is there on where it's going to be in three, four years time. It's a lot of money to lose. So you probably will try and get a, a Porsche GT product or you will just go and sit on the waiting list for the 296. Well, it's by 720S. Because the well, late exactly, production yeah. ones, they dialed out so many of the issues with the late production ones. I've spoken there's so many people who've had cars run them and had a great time. I experienced late 720S production yeah. and they were fantastic. And performance-wise, on the road, that car is still ballistic. <laughs> you don't need any more. You don't need any more. <laughs> if you want more, the 765LT is also one of the most underrated cars <laughs> yeah. of the last five years. Um, but yeah, why you would need or want, I mean, I guess certain markets, mm -hmm. China, UAE, yeah, yeah they always like the new stuff and therefore they might jump on that. And maybe it's a different buyer's trend than we see here in Europe or in the UK at least. Yeah. But I sit there going, well, I would just save the, what is going to likely be 100, 150 grand yeah. and just get a 720S. Or you, if you, if you really want the McLaren brand and you want a new car, you go and buy the Artura, which yeah. is definitely going to be cheaper and it's got the newer tech. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love that thing. And yeah, looking at the two side by side, Okay, the 750S is the bigger daddy, and mm. I've just slagged off the GT4 RS for not being a 911. <laughs> yeah. But Artur, as you say, feels fresher, feels yeah, more exciting. Yeah. And I think in the right spec, could be more exciting. At least you've got, you know, that hybrid technology, and, and it feels like things are moving forward in a lot more new era McLaren than it seems they've put in yes. the 750S. Yeah, I think, so going back to what I was talking to McLaren Monaco about, is they have very limited... Uh, production numbers on 750s it's not a limited production run sure, car sure but he was telling me that next year or maybe it's this year or maybe the next 12 months he has five coupes i think wow. or like three at uh, five coupes and three spiders so that's that's monaco mm. where obviously supercar capital of the world obviously it's a tiny little place but the amount of money and supercars that are here either that uh, screams to me they know they're not going to sell that many of them or the production run is going to be very limited, a little bit like the Aventador S, which I think numbers-wise is the rarest variant of the Aventador. Really? The Aventador S has the lowest production numbers, even less than SV and SVJ. Interesting. So I wonder if 750S will kind of be that car, a little bit like the Hurricane Technica, which they like opened the order books, two months later shut them. Okay. Because they were kind of just wanting to get rid of the chassis so they could really Fine. move on to the next one. And that was a bit of a panic car from Lamborghini. So... Yeah, I reckon I reckon 750S might not necessarily play a huge part in McLaren's stride to to continue to compete with Ferrari. I think it would just be uh, if we can sell a few cars like it might help fund the next super super series car. And I guess they probably weren't getting a ton of orders for new 720Ss these days. Oh my God, no. Like I had there were stories coming out of McLaren of how few cars they were building. Yeah. And this is at least an injection of some cash because there were 100% people who, who buy these yeah. cars for yeah. sure. And look, you're going to get a great car, I'm certain, because 720S was fantastic and they dialed out so many of those issues. Um, so there's nothing wrong. And maybe they just needed that to get the production line going yeah. and get some cash in the door yeah. for whatever's going to be that replacement. As you say, if there's a... 810 or 720 or an 850 um, coming in, coming <laughs> yeah, in, in 18 months time, uh, which you could so see though, right? V8 what? hybrid 850S. Like, well, yeah, I think um, the, the other thing again, like, I mean, the fact that I got told this without signing anything, uh, the next P1's coming 2026. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just casually sat on that one. 
So, because there was, uh, I think on Spike's Car Radio, they were saying they had a timeline for, oh, I wonder if that's the same for the next Porsche hypercar. And then we get, and, and then we get the Ferrari as well. So they, the they, Ferrari's been seen so much testing around Marinello, and that's definitely not. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. SF ninety, no VS, no. So let's see, because if they've all once again linked up, they must, they must, because every single manufacturer twenty twenty six hypercar. <laughs> oh my god! So we're going to get it again, Ferrari, so we're gonna McLaren, get Ferrari and McLaren, and Porsche. Would Lamborghini join that flight? We think they're not really in that mix. They never. Have- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because wasn't it when uh, LaFerrari launched at the Geneva Motor Show? <laughs> Lamborghini went, "Here's our car, vroom, Venino." I'm oh, pretty sure it? it was a Venino year, which was an Aventador SV. <laughs> <laughs> they tried, yeah, <laughs> but you could definitely wow. see it happening, especially now that next year with uh, 2024 Lamborghini uh, introducing the um, LMH. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah of Mont. course. So if they can then pull that some, tech, of, some of the tech. Which um, is actually maybe where a lot of these, maybe that's where Ferrari and yeah, Porsche yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of started having their rumblings. They're like, we probably let those idiots at McLaren know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad, that's big hype. Yeah. 2026 is going to be a good year. Yeah. We've got to make a whole lot of money before that. <laughs> and get high up on some lists. Yeah, I was going to say, buy a lot of Porsches. <laughs> Do you think that's what Shmi's working towards? Because he is buying... All, uh, the all the Ferraris. Maybe he got, maybe he, because he knows these kind of things. He will, won't he? So maybe, and that, he's so has he got an SF90 VS? I don't know. Mm. I don't think, uh, as far as I'm aware, he's got the SF90. Yeah. But maybe, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to message him later. Yeah. yeah fascinating. Because there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of Ferraris coming. Obviously the 812 Competizione's out and being yeah. delivered. Um, I've seen a couple of Apertas actually around town. What? Yeah. I mean, the best. 812 Comp Aperta. Oh, wow. The best car that I've seen. Now, I've seen LaFerraris. I've seen a Veyron Supersport World Record Edition parked up, so it's not quite as mm. interesting as I saw my first 992 GT3 RS. <gasps> and okay. I, I literally, like, bowled over and fell in love. Well, let's get into that, because the video that would have gone live on my channel this week was me essentially chasing uh, a 3 yeah, RS in Portugal, in Portugal yeah. through Porto. So We had a lot of conversations around that. I turned up, having seen quite a few of them at the Nürburgring mm-hmm. on my trip with the GTR, I was being like, these things are just wild. Yeah. I turned up to the event in Portugal and there was one parked at the hotel. I thought, oh, yeah. wow. And I was yeah. like, um, and also non-Visac car. So okay, painted, yeah. painted bonnet, which I was like immediately in love with because yeah. I hate that Visac yeah. bonnet. So I'm like, okay, somebody's nailed the spec. Uh, and we lined up for this event. It was 150 supercars in Porto. Mm. And I was like in the totally the wrong place to go anywhere near this. Because you were in the 360? I was in the th- oh yeah, because I was at the front. <laughs> hey, don't be a dick. I was at the front and the three RS was lined up at the back. Okay. So literally out of the out of the gate, I just pulled over and I thought I'm going to wait. Yeah. And the guy comes in front of me and I pulled him behind it and I was like, this thing is wild. To have that on the road is. I have not been that excited to follow a new car on the, for a long mm. time. Like mm. it reminded me almost of seeing through glass of old. Like I was like buzzing. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Insane. Like, and just like chasing it at some good speed. <laughs> we had a police escort. So okay. Um, <laughs> through Porto. I, so you saw, it was a black car that you saw It was town? an all black car and it was a real sort of fleeting sighting. I was driving out of town and he was coming into town. So all of a sudden like this absolute Batmobile swings around the corner, wings everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, like almost similar road presence to seeing something like a McLaren Senna. So many angles, so many holes in all of the right places. And as it was coming towards me, no front number plate, absolute baller. And he just cruised past all black, but it had the blue GT4 RS wheels. Ooh, Is that a nice. Vice thing? Yeah, because I think they're super lightweight wheels, I think. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I got this side profile of the car. It just looked, I think I've said this word on this podcast already, it just looked demonic. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so sinister. And that wing is huge. Huge. And we were in the McLaren Artura. As we were leaving, I said, Seb, do a U turn now. We have to chase it. And he was like, it's just not possible on this part of the road. And I was like, do, do it. it. <laughs> so we've lost it. And I saw it for like three or four seconds, but just that memory of seeing the first GT3 RS on the road for, through my eyes, I now just want to go into town and try and find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it's it look so cool. like it was bumping everywhere? No, no. <laughs> okay, the one I followed, dude. <laughs> Initially, I was following the car, I was like, oh, you know what? It doesn't look that bad. Like a, I look. And then I noticed that the driver was avoiding like, 
every pothole. Like, uh, and I was like, oh, so it must be like quite bad. But then like we were going over cobblestones and I was like, you can see like, <laughs> yeah. like I've, I have followed, what car did I follow recently that was like, so stiff and I was like oh my god that poor guy oh it was a souped up Clio on the uh, on the uh, podium tours event I was like that completely thing is different so car. stiff um, but then we got to the lunch spot and I went and found the guy and I was like how stiff is your car he didn't speak a lot of English and he was like huh I was like bumpy and he's like very bumpy <laughs> he was like it's ri- it's very like um, just aggressive just jolty yeah. aggressive the only car that I've experienced like that was the 2020 model year Nismo Nissan GTR. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a friend follow me for a while and he was like, at some moments, I thought you were going to get up on three wheels. I was on the M25. Like, (laughs) it was that stiff. So I've never experienced... I mean, I didn't think your GT3 was that bad. So I wonder if, and I'm sure Porsche have thought about it, whether they have made it a little bit more road compliant than maybe we think. No. Really? (laughs) I don't think so. I, I honestly, I, I they, they've literally completely disregarded road driving. In yeah, because really. They, well, no. I, hey, look, it's Porsche. They're, they have they're better than that. Yeah, but, but everyone has slagged off the 992 GT3 ride, and as you say, it's not that having, bad. I, so I actually think I, I think our expectations are thinking it's going to be worse than it will be. I do not think for a second it would be unbearable. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely not. And yeah. that's what the guy said. They're like, yeah, it's really bumpy, but yeah, it's an RS. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they literally, they're like. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. yeah. It's just yeah. really, really bumpy. Yeah. Uh, and I've made 200 grand already, so yeah. I, I don't care how bumpy it is. <laughs> I'm very happy. Everyone's taking photos yeah. of me. Everyone's talking about my car. I'm loving life. Yeah, um, yeah they were top guys, actually. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, yeah, one of the most exciting cars that I've, I've followed for a while. So what else have you seen? You've been out and about far more than me. I, I'm yeah. here with, with, with the baby. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more... Uh, Father Sam has yeah, been yeah, yeah. limited to the amount of exploring that he could exactly. do in Monaco. Um, so what else is but that I about? You've, you've definitely nailed it in terms of splitting your time right because over the next few days you're going to be in and around town and the sun's now shining and it's looking pretty good from a forecast point of view. So I drove down, I picked Seb up in Geneva. We had a lot of fun driving through the mountains. We bumped into a few supercars. So I saw a Tech Heart 992 Turbo S. Wow. Which was a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's why a little bit too crazy crayon with all of this electric blue everywhere carbon everywhere he was in a convoy with a 720s spider the r8 uh 10th anniversary v10 anniversary the deck decanium or whatever yeah, sure it's called. sure yeah, yeah, it. okay. with a few other porsches and then when we arrived it was quite dry so we went straight down into town we saw a bunch of there's sf90s Everywhere. I saw an SF90 everywhere. Spider? Is it SF90 Spider or uh, a Pert or str- a Spider? SF90 spider, right? Yeah, yeah. SF90 uh, A few 296s. Not that many Lamborghinis. We saw some crazy Aventador that was just the worst spec ever. Um, and then we bumped into, uh, in the car park, a blue LaFerrari, Classic a Bugatti Veyron Supersport World Record Edition, Insane. a crazy tailor made piece. Star. I don't know whether I've shown it to you. It was nuts. Okay. Like, whoever specced it. Bravo, uh, brave, a green interior. Oh, I love it already. <laughs> I want it. And then I bumped into obviously GT3 RS 992, GT4 RS. And on Saturday night, I saw a really nice launch spec 2017, 2018 Ford GT with the car wheels. So sick. And a red LaFerrari parked next to an 812 GTS with like full Novitech exhaust, full Novitech wheels. Oh like, my it was, God. Okay, it so was cool. Essentially, Monica's kicking off there's a lot going on but for the last sort of three days the weather has been quite wet quite miserable a little bit windy you were saying last night we had a bit of a storm which is why it's now all nice and clear so all of these people that have made a beeline for monaco are itching to get out in their cars so i've got a feeling that i'm going to put the mic down pretty soon i'm just getting my cameras and going spotting is going to sit in monaco watching all the cars drive by but it is also very busy there's a lot of people it's super hectic very popular it's been the Cannes film festival um just down the road we've got the grand prix coming up this weekend uh it's obviously their start start of the summer season yeah uh, so it is popping off but uh, it's a good time to be here and yeah for sure so paul's gonna be having a whole lot of content coming out on his channel from his time here and then yep. obviously on the main channel as well i've got my various adventures still to come from monica so i'm here for a chunk of time i've got the gt3 here which is like today's the first day i've seen it in proper mediterranean sun yeah. this is mediterranean right yeah, 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 yeah. That is the Mediterranean. I literally had a panic attack. Stuff, so I was like, <laughs> yeah. be like, what an idiot. It's the Baltic uh, Sea over yeah. there, Sam. Don't go in that. It's freezing. <laughs> this is the Indian Ocean, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so I've seen my car in the sunlight for the first time. It's amazing. Uh, I've got this beautiful Range Rover Sport here as well, which is 
an incredible spec and has been the family wagon. Uh, so yeah, loads of content to come from, I guess, both of our channels. Um, but that's a good place, I guess, to wrap up this episode. is a bit of a teaser for mm. future content to come on our main channels. Um, but good to good to catch up on yeah. all the car news. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Not as random as our usual car park chat episodes. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be one of those coming up, I guess, next month when we're all back in the UK for a chunk of time. Um, what was I going to say? Not sure about that. <laughs> Literally, I'll still be here. Yeah. Um, after Ticket Flag, yes, just a reminder, if you're going to want to go and watch that latest episode, our sort of preview from Monica from being here on the ground with all of our gossip, oh, yeah. uh, head over to recast.tv forward slash behind the glass. You can also get early access to these episodes over on Recast. Uh, if not, sit tight because the audio version is going live in a few days' time. Uh, anything else you want to say to some of the lovely audience? No, no, no. no, no. Okay, well, it's good. Thank you for having us. me. I look forward to signing a permanent contract soon. Not happening. Okay, guys, we'll <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.